evening. Let's get right into another edition of Volkswagen Sports, presented by the Houston Round Bar Review, and currently right now, no sponsor. Uh, we're still trying to work on that. Um, I am Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar Review. We're going to go around the screen. You see Andy is in, in the upper corner there. How are you, sir? I'm doing good, Chris. And and where do you work? Who are you with? Uh, I think it'd be easier to say who I'm not. No, I'm joking. Um, obviously, of course, daytime job, a community impact newspaper covering the city of Pearland. Uh, UH Athletics, we're trying to, to build something with uh, Pod Slam and Jamma. We can't wait for uh, these summer months to go by so we can go with Let's Rage Coups and, and start that off with football. So, And we're trying to get a sponsor for that. So, yes. And yes, then next. Absolutely. Willie Gibson, how are you, sir? Good, sir. How are you? Doing pretty well. And who are you with? I am with WTG Sports. And you're in Ohio, right? I am. Columbus, Ohio. Home of the Ohio State University. There you go. And last but not least, definitely definitely not least, James Mueller. How are you, sir? Doing well, doing well. And who are you with? The Daily Cougar. Um, yeah. And let's get right into that since James is the sports editor. Are you still the sports editor, sir? Yes, sir. Is that going to change this fall? No, I'll be it for one more year, and then okay. it will roll over. All right, good deal. All right, we're going to talk, heaven, heaven forbid, we're going to talk some Cougar baseball. Or better yet, James is going to talk some Cougar baseball, <laughs> and I'm going to listen to what James has to say. But, James, I think, surprise to me, you tell me, but Cougar baseball made it to the conference championship game today um did that surprise you first off they got it that far um sort of but not completely um uh really had a nice turnaround season they were playing pretty pretty well they were two outs away a couple weeks ago from having a chance to go up to east carolina and win the regular season title they blew that save and then that led on six straight uh, losses to end the regular season. So um, they, they were in it all year, like in terms of the regular season. And then, uh, but obviously with the six straight losses, you don't know how they're going to bounce back. But after they took um, Tuesday's opener, I thought they'd have a chance just because, you know, typically in these uh, NCAA baseball tournaments, you got in your conference tournament, you got to take day one or else you're playing back to back to back and pitching's just going to be completely worn out. So, I, I mean, I, I wasn't completely surprised, but it surprised me a little bit. But the Magic, well, I guess, was it a Magic season? It ended today in the championship game. They lost the game. Uh, give some details about today's game. Yeah, so, I mean, all year the UH bats have really carried the team. Um, the offense has been able to score with anybody. The pitching's been up and down. You know, you you get a start from a guy who goes seven strong, uh, you know, giving up one, two runs, and then you'd have – a bunch of outings where your starters go, you know, three, four, give up five, six runs. So pitching was the big question in um, East Carolina. They uh, coming into today, they won 17 straight games. Um, and so they were, you know, as hot as anyone in the country. Um, and they, I mean, flex their muscle early three run Homer um, in the first. And then from there uh, they tacked on three more in the third. And then after that, the UH bullpen, um, UH played 19 innings yesterday because they had to play two games. So they were already, like, exhausted. But they had uh, the duo of Maddox Miller and Ben Sears pitch the final five and a third innings, I think. 
shutout baseball. So they kept the team in it. Um, and the bats coming into today had produced like, I forget how many 30 something runs in four games. So they, you know, they were producing eight, nine runs a game and they were held to one today. Um, and half, half their, they had six hits. Um, half them came from a freshman named Cam Nickens in the outfield to, I mean, the bats just went quiet. And I mean, we, I knew that if they were going to win, they'd, they don't win these, you know, low scoring close mm-hmm. games. They were, it was going to have to be, you know, an eight to seven, 10, eight, some sort of high scoring right. game, but the bats just, couldn't come through today and so um yeah east carolina jumped out early and held on and um don't freak out folks yes we're talking baseball here on folk talking sports <laughs> because james knows it and i don't but that's why he's part of the show james i think i saw your tweet the baseball team finished 37 and 24 an 18 uh win improvement right yes is that enough for a coach to keep his job I think um, if I'm correct, I think he has one more year under his contract. I think I don't think they'll extend it, but I think he'll, I think right now they'll probably he'll probably stick around just because UH has been historically pretty good in the American under Todd Whitting. Um, the past few years have been sort of outliers, um, and but I know coming into this year, you know they had to have a good year for him, or they were gonna you know cut ties and move in a different direction, and I think. 37 wins was just enough to, you know, get him into that last year of his contract. But I'd be surprised if they extended him going into this year. I think next year, you know, is the year, you know, see what happens then. Cause then you're going into the big 12 after that, most likely. So right. you, you don't want to, you know, extend them three, four years this year and then go 20 and 40 next year. And then you're like, you're stuck with him for, but on the other side, you know, if he has a really good year and he's the guy that you think, okay, he's going to lead us in the Big 12, then you can do the extension then. So I think I'd probably lean towards saying he'll be around for the uh, 2023 season, but after that, it's sort of up in the air. All right. Now we're going to bring in Will and Andy. Will, this is my question for James about Coach Whitting. In terms of success, where does, how does he compare with Coach Ronald Huey in terms of postseason tournaments, things like that? Is that for me? Yes, sir. Okay, um, they've made, I think, three regionals. Um, it's either three or four under him um, in one super. So they haven't made made it to Omaha for the College World Series, but only eight teams do that. Regional is basically the equivalent of the NCAA tournament because it's 16, the 16 highest seeds host, and there's four teams in there. So you got 64 um, NCAA tournament. Uh, now for the women's, you got 68. So, I mean – three or four i think it's three um i can double check that in a minute but yeah so i mean he's clearly had more success because he's actually gotten to the tournament at least three times and one time they've gone to the supers so you know top 32 in the uh, country so okay so will andy that sounds like more success than coach huey how long has coach wittig been baseball coach at uh james uh, he took over, if I'm correct, in 2010. Um, so, yeah. Uh, so this was his 12th season. Okay. So he's had some success, and I know I've seen there are some alums who have really called for his job. But Willie Gibson, Andy Yanez, no trips to Omaha. He does have a trip to 
a super regional. How does that to you guys compare to Coach Huey? Oh, uh, he's John Wood. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> no, I mean I can't. I can't top that. Um, it's a night and day difference. Um, he's been to the tournament. He's had postseason success, and uh, just, I mean going back to the season, he had an eighteen win improvement. I think certainly the, he was on the hot seat just in terms of uh, the bad couple of seasons they had strung together in twenty 2020 twenty and twenty twenty one. He's been able to to turn. He was able to right the ship this season with that. I'm going all the way to the championship game at the end of the day. I feel they, they probably just ran into a team that was just clear-cut better than them, but I don't think there's a comparison there. There's clearly night and day difference because you know, even when you look at the conference tournaments, um, the women's team has never gotten to the conference championship. Will? Game. Yeah, I mean, yeah, to me, there is, there is no comparison. I mean, he, uh, Todd Whitting is the name? Is yes. that correct? Mm-hmm. Correct. <laughs> He's have unmatched success compared <laughs> to Coach Ron Huey. I mean, and I, I, for me, I, I compare it. I was listening to James, and I compare it. You know, I am an Ohio State guy. I live in Columbus, and Ohio State just fired their baseball coach, uh, Greg Beals, Monday with one year left on this deal. Uh, after his 12th season, three super three regionals. Uh, this year, they were eight and fourteen in the conference, twenty one and thirty overall. Uh, won two Big Ten championships in 16 and 19, uh, regionals and 16, 18, and 19, but didn't get out of the first round. And so there is, uh, at Ohio State, with one year left on this deal, 12 seasons in, uh, not not a 17-win uh, improvement, I think I heard not that by any means, 21, 18, 18-win uh-huh. improvement by no means. It was 21 and 30 this year. Eight and fourteen in the conference, but he, uh, with one year left on his deal, was shown the door. So, um, it's. Uh, but going back to to Coach uh, Huey in that comparison, I don't think there is one. All right, Chris. If I could add one thing, sure. I just looked it up. So he's been to four regionals, one super, and from twenty thirteen to twenty nineteen, they had seven straight. 32 plus one seasons, which is pretty good in college baseball. 30 yeah. plus one seasons. So just to put some some numbers in perspective. Appreciate that. Thank you, sir. That's why you're part of the show. Insight and knowledge to what we don't know. Our guest is it's like he's in his car. So I'm not sure if he's back in town or still in Louisville. We're gonna bring him on here. I know this man for a long time, fellas. Marlon Lowe. How are you, Marlon? Well, how about yourself? I'm all right. Uh, let's just talk basketball, man. Folks who don't know, what who who are you, and what's your background in basketball? Hello. I based Hey, Marlon, can you? Log out and come back in. You got a lot of buffering on on your on your end, I think. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that's sure I can do that. Yeah, thank you, man. Come, we'll come back to you because he's he's somebody I think the audience will will uh, enjoy listening to, especially based on uh, the announcement of a certain young man who committed to U of H a few a few days ago. But uh, so let me see if I get Marlon off here. We'll keep talking with our our group. 
But yeah, James, that's a lot of success compared to, for Coach Whitting compared to uh, Coach Huey. And I'm not trying to. This is not bashing of Coach Huey. We just either you have success, it's a job. You have success or you don't. You know, this is this is a winning business, right, gentlemen? You win. It is. The objective is to get to the tournament, and hopefully, play well enough, compete for a championship. All those things go together. So, hey, I will say this, James. I do know that, and will. I mentioned this to Andy, that the UH women's basketball regarding the class of 2023. They are still working on it. Okay, that, that's it. They are working on it. We have seen them. I noticed them. A, a player. What's that, was, go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead Will. <laughs> no. What, what does that mean? I apologize. What, what does that mean? <laughs> that's the same thing Andy asked me. What does that mean? But that's what I was told. They are working on it for class of twenty-three. So there we oh, go. Wow. Yeah. Okay. Let me try to see okay. if that is better. There we go. That's better. There we go. Okay. Yeah. Thank you, man. No right, problem. So give folks mm -hmm. uh, a bit of your background there. Uh, Marlon Lowe. I've been. I would basically coach uh, summer basketball, travel basketball. I've been doing it for this is year twenty-six for me. I've been working with kids from elementary all the way through the through pros and I've trained a lot. Uh, I've been around for a while, so I've seen a lot, the good, the bad, and the new, the, uh, the old uh, the old regime and part of the new regimes that come through. So um, I'm just glad to be here to have opportunity to have a great conversation with you all. Appreciate it. And I think I met Marlon probably through John Lucas, either John Lucas or Jim Hicks, one of those two. Yeah. A long time ago, long, long time ago. But we reconnected, ironically, because one of his sons was a top 10 finalist for the Gavi Lewis Award this year. <laughs> so just to talk about that for a second, Marlon. Uh, it was a great opportunity for him. Uh, you know, uh, his name is Jalen Lowe. Uh, he's a uh, class of 2023. He'll be an incoming senior at Fort Ben Marshall this year. Uh, he plays for Ronnie Courtney, uh, the legendary Ronnie Courtney. He's done a lot of great things around the city. Houston. And uh, he's, it's, been, it's, been a, it's been a great experience for him. So just being a part of the, having the opportunity to have his name within that uh, group of guys, it says a lot. Um, and it just means that he's got to continue to keep working and continue to do the things that he's been doing as well. So it was a great experience and opportunity for him. Now, where were you and the team this weekend? Are you still there? Or are, you, are you back in town? We're still in Louisville. We just got finished playing the game. Uh, we got another one tomorrow, then we'll be headed back out. So it's uh, part of the Nike EYBL uh, session. So it's some of the best teams in the country that are here. Uh, we're playing basically on the University of Louisville, basically at uh, the old Freedom Hall. If you people remember Denny Crum when he played uh, coach at Louisville, and it's teams from all over the country here, from West Coast to East Coast, and uh, it's the best talent in the country, basically pound for pound. And 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 what team or program are you part of? I'm with the Houston Hoops right now. I'm with the Houston Hoops as uh, Rand and been uh, organized. The director uh, is a uh, Hal Passner. Mm -hmm. uh, Started that as his son, Josh, Josh Passner, as the head coach at Georgia Tech. Uh, our head coach right now is uh, Mo Taylor, Maurice Taylor, who played at the University of Michigan, played with the Houston Rockets with a uh, good stint uh, with them. So uh, it's a pleasure to be with him, and he's doing, a, he's doing a great job, and he's doing a lot of teaching and instructing and helping these guys to understand the game of basketball as well. So it's fun. And Willie Gibson, don't, don't, don't be too mad at Marlon 
for working with Maurice Taylor, a Michigan guy. Will, Will is a, he's a the Ohio State Buckeye guy, Marlon. So, you know, he, <laughs> him and Big Blue don't get along too great. But, <laughs> I understand that. I had a, had a great conversation. I got a friend of mine, uh, Tuffy Rhodes. Play, he's from uh, Cincinnati himself. He played baseball, and uh, mm -hmm. he came down here to kind of watch us play, and he's he was he kind of gave a little grief to Mo too. So. <laughs> <laughs> Who was some of the young men on on the the hoops? Was this the seventeen team? Yes, it is. Uh, we got I was in my son uh, Jalen Lowe. We have a young man named JoJo Tugler uh, from Cy, uh, Cy, Cypress Falls. He just committed mm -hmm. to the University of Houston last week with uh, Kelvin and Kellen Sampson. That was a great pickup for them. We have uh, Jace Posey, uh, son of James Posey. Uh, we have uh, T.J. Ford, uh, T.J. Ford Jr. Uh, we have so, uh, I feel so old, man. So old, <laughs> man. right? We have uh, Ashton Hardaway, who lives in Dallas, the son of uh, Penny Hardaway. Uh, so we got we got a really good group of guys that have been playing with us. And uh, I tell you, one of the biggest things in 25 years, tw this being 26 right now, I haven't had a team with this many uh, uh, former players' sons on a mm -hmm. team that can all play. Usually you don't have that a whole lot of times. Usually sometimes it's, you know, it, it skips a year. <laughs> it skips a generation, but all these guys can play, and it's uh, it's great to be around these guys. And the, and the parents come through as well, so they, they, they're fully in support of the kids. And one of the reasons I reached out to you, short notice, so thank you for taking time to, to join us. But no I had to ask, and, you know, James, Will, Andy, y'all questions, you have to follow up after this question. Mm -hmm. Tell us, what does JoJo Tugler, what is his game? Describe his game for us. His game off right now today, his game is about energy, hustle, and hard work. He is a blue-collar guy. He competes. He's a warrior. Uh, and, th and that's his skill right now. Basically, he plays hard and competes. But uh, he's super athletic, man. He's got about 6'7". As a seven-five wingspan, athletic, and just you don't have to tell him to dive on the floor. You don't have to tell him to to commute to uh, weak side and rebound and block the. It's just a natural instinct as a that just uh, it just rolls right off of every movement that you see with him. You guys, open up, open up to you guys for questions. Andy. Well, uh, before I even ask a question, I mean, just right there, he, the, describing him, I can see why he committed to the University of Houston because he just listed off all the um, all the different uh, intangibles, uh, really the descriptions that you see with a lot of these uh, kids that commit to the University of Houston. So uh, he'll fit right in. But um, obviously, we you, you talked a little bit about what he does well. Um, you said he had like a 7-5 wingspan. Uh, how do you still feel he can grow? He still has a year left to, to before he joins the University of Houston. What what do you think might be something that he can continue to develop uh, before he gets to campus? Uh, it's quite a few things. I think like what you said, like what his what he does and who he is right now fits perfectly what uh, Coach Sampson and the University of Houston does. That's what they that's I'm pretty sure that's why they were drawn and attracted to him immediately. What they teach other kids in their couple years there, he has it already going in. Um, so within what he can continue to work on is he's going to be able to work on his jump shot. He can shoot the three ball. He can hit some shots. Uh, he's got a really good feel for the game. If he was in the middle of a press and you put him in the press, he can turn. He's going to make the right pass. He's going to make the right reads. That's a that's a uh, that's definitely a skill and an asset to have from a, a guy who's going to be playing maybe the four and sometimes maybe the five for them. But uh, 
he's going to if long as he continues to work on his 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 shot, get it up a little bit, work on just footwork around the paint, things of that nature. But uh, many of the things that he has, like I said, it's just it's just a, a, a raw God given talent. That's like wow, okay, now you just want to keep uh, nurturing it. So that's what he has. Will James. I mean, I was just going to, you sort of answered it, but um, I, I know when reading about him, they have him listed as a power forward. Do you think, and you just talked about how he can play the four or five. What do you think, like, you know, do you see one of those spots more, him being more prone to like, when he gets into college? Uh, as far as his, as far as his, uh, uh, his uh, position-wise, you mean? Yeah, position-wise. He's going he's going he'll be a he's going to be I would say he would be a four going in uh just depends on the the type of people who they have around him but um his talent and his skill wise I could see him long term being able to play on the perimeter some as well mm-hmm. like a three at maybe a few years down the road um but again, that's going to be just depends on how you know he he continues to develop at the University of Houston because right now they're going to uh, what he does is what they value the most, which is around that, around the paint and around the rim. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's going to do that, but as they continue to enhance his talent, I mean, heck, uh, Fabian White wound up going there, and then when at his his third and fourth year, uh, last two years, he was really playing on the perimeter, hitting some really good jump shots as well. So, mm-hmm. I can see JoJo Tugler doing the same thing, and and with more 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 uh, versatility, more skill, and more athleticism for sure. Wow. Well, you got a question for Marlon, though? I do. I do. Thank you. Um, you mentioned this is year 26 for you as far as grassroots basketball. How has it, how has the scene changed from when you started to now? Man, well, back then, all, you know, everybody had a pen and paper. <laughs> now everybody has video cameras everywhere, and uh, social media was nowhere to be found back then. So that was the difference. Um, even now, um, uh, there, there's a, uh, some of the people who were then in the game then are still here now. They've adjusted a lot as well. The biggest thing has been the uh, one of the biggest adjustments has been the college coaches. Uh, back when we came, when we started out, college coaches could come out and watch you anytime they wanted to watch you. And after the game, they could actually shake your hand after the game. Now they can't have any kind of interactions with you at all. So that's one been some of the biggest changes. But as far as the talent is concerned, there's more teams now. Back then, it was very few teams, so you were able to find the the most uh, talented type of group of young men that you have, and you can help bring them onto your team, and you'd be able to go travel and compete na- nationwide and be able to win, especially coming from Texas. Now, the way it is, there's a lot more teams now, so it's, you would say it's watered down, per se. It's a lot more harder to get certain guys off of a uh, – to, to recognize that you're the, this, this is the type of group that you really want to be with, like the Houston Hoops. And even JL3 with John Lucas, he has a he has a, a Nike travel team as well. So um, with those two teams, they're, they're the best two in our region. And we're just about making sure the kids are able to – we are able to identify certain guys and let them know that we're here. And we're probably the best platform for most of them if they want to play on a high level and be able to play in front of the, the top guys who they see on TV every, every, every weekend. Marlon, how has the – Houston Cougars men's basketball program evolved since Kelvin Sampson took over. Man, that is – hey, I'm going to tell you, 
one thing that Coach Kelvin Sampson does is he brings toughness. He's got his, his toughness, grit, and is competing. I think that's like a that's like a philosophy of his that a lot of people don't really have a philosophy when you walk in the door, and that's a non-negotiable for him. So uh, the the program since he's taken over, man, it's 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 starting to be. It's obviously it's nationally recognized again now. Back to almost basically when Guy V. Lewis was there. It's not at, to that level, but at the same time, they've accomplished a lot of things with these Sweet Sixteens and everything else that they're going to Elite Eight. So. Um, He's doing, and 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 Coach Sampson is. Uh, he's a hard hat type of guy. He's doing more with less. So you know, now with now with the uh, with them going to the Big Twelve, I think that he'll be able to get the type of talent that he's had when he was at Oklahoma and and the rest of these guys. And I think that he'll continue to elevate who he is because he's a he's got a great IQ for the game and understands how to get guys better. And at the, while with while now being able to recruit the highest level of guys to be able to play in his program. Uh, I'm excited for him. I'm excited for the future. And I've just, I've, I've been enjoying the university of Houston ever since he came on board because he's, he's always kept his doors open to make sure that everybody around the city from various programs are able to have their kids to come in and their families to come participate and watch the games. And I tell you what, man, when that uh, for Tita center came on, man, that was just, that's a whole nother level right there, man. That's beautiful. Uh, I have a, a follow-up to that. You mentioned, uh, Lo, how you know, with Kevin Sampson, since he took over the Houston program, one of the non-negotiables is kind of establishing that, that toughness factor. And you yourself, obviously, as a coach, how, how tough is that to, to be able to establish that type of, I mean, that culture with a, with a team, with a program? You know what? I think what they do is, uh, as far as their recruiting with his staff, with uh, Hollis Price, Qantas, and Kellen, they know – they all played for Coach Sampson. That's one of the beautiful things about it. They know what Coach Sampson wants. They know what type of player he wants. And they're able to recruit that type of player. And when you have a staff that is able to recognize who you are, what's important to you, it's a lot easier for them to go out and get the players that fits your style. Uh, which, With that being said, sometimes they might not take the, the, the player that everybody thinks they should take because he might not fit their style of play and he might sometimes some of these guys are at the top he doesn't really want any prima donnas he wants guys that was ready to get after it and work because that's who he is and so time and attitude reflects leadership and so those guys continue to play like that even after they leave coach Sampson because and, and especially while they're there because that's what he grinds in them and that's who that's who they uh recruit from the start to make sure that those are the type of guys that fits his program I think that's important. I don't think a lot of college coaches have guys around them, their assistant coaches, that understand totally who they are. And Marlon, I got another question. And Will mm -hmm. James, feel free to jump in if I have others as well. And I don't want to bash previous regimes at, at Houston, but mm -hmm. how much of a change, if it's been a change, you mentioned about the open doors to you and other Houston grassroots programs. Was that a drastic change? compared to previous coaching regimes at Houston? It was. Pretty much it was. It was a drastic change because what he did was, uh, uh, it, like you said, no knock to the coaches, but Coach Sampson brought in people like even Bilal Batley, who was familiar with Houston area and Dallas Gretchen area. So when he took one of those guys, uh, uh, took on uh, 
go to staff at the university and took people in place in the community as well. So they were able to reach out and, you know, it's always about around people that know. You know, like, okay, when the door is open, so we felt people feel comfortable about coming out there because, like, hey, I already know you, and I'm about to get warm up. So, all right, bro, I'm gonna pause you. I'm gonna pause you right there and ask you, let's see if we can get got a bad spot again, see if you can come out and come back in because I really want you to talk about the difference in the coach sex okay. regime. So, okay. live technology, man, roll with the punches, keep on going. Mm-hmm. Dang, Wi-Fi or you know Wi-Fi LTE. issues, you know that's, that's how it is, and, and he's in a car, so you know yeah, we're in, we're probably... in, in buildings, so yeah. But what are your thoughts? What you heard so far, guys? No, uh, <laughs> whenever he was describing uh, Tugler, like immediately, like he literally hit all the the key points. Like if you could, if you. I don't know if you were like creating a, a U of H basketball player from scratch. He literally listed off all the points that Calvin Sampson looks for. So immediately I'm like, Oh, well that makes sense. Why and he committed to the university of Houston so fast. And um, just uh, what really kind of uh, caught my attention is how he talked a little bit about, you know, how he could still develop um, in terms of jump shot. And um, obviously he described what Fabian White has been able to do with Houston and how Douglas could potentially uh, do that, but at a much you know higher level. I think that that's certainly interesting and something of note. And we're and we're back. Marlon, Marlon's driving, man. Look at this, boy. This is, I tell you, it's high tech world, man. I love this, man. This this is live streaming, and uh, this is how we roll here on Folks Talking Sports. But uh, you know, and like I said. Marlon and I go back a long way. So this streaming stuff, no, nowhere close to the stuff we had back in the day when we were in the lab with Luke at 5.30 in the morning and <laughs> watching the players work out. So, but, mm-hmm. okay, I think, yeah, the Wi-Fi is better now. So just go back to the difference between the open doors between before Coach Sampson to now Coach Sampson. Coach Sampson brought in a great group of guys, like I said, even with Bilal Batley. Um, guys that knew the community well and knew how to touch, reach out and touch people and made those people feel welcome to come in. Uh, knew, and he, and he even would bring you to the office and talk about what his plans were and said, you know, he reached out, let people, I want you to be a part of this, this, this program. I want you to be a part of helping us to change, uh, the perception of this program and get it back to elite status. Uh, he did that to all, a lot of the grassroots coaches around uh, the city and throughout the state. So. And then obviously they have uh, roots from uh, North Carolina themselves, so that helped a whole lot. James, you got a question? Yeah, I mean, sort of going off uh, just the way Coach Sampson's built his program. You obviously work with some, you know, great athletes within the greater Houston area. Have Have you seen, obviously with JoJo committing, but just how have you seen, you know, more appeal within, you know, just Houston athletes, high school athletes, you know, getting drawn more to the program and actually considering it compared to, you know, before uh, Samson took over? I think they are. I think they are, especially now, you know, what coach Samson did was he brought in a lot of teams that guys have been, they previously only see them on television. So when he got a chance to bring in those high level teams uh, and play against those teams, and now it's like, yo, you, you can be in your own backyard and play against these guys. You don't have to leave the state. You don't have to leave and go anywhere else. They, those same teams are going to come to us, and we're going to go to them, their places, and we're going to win. That was huge. I think that was really, really big as the fact as far as scheduling is concerned. That he wanted to schedule those tough teams, and he wanted to make sure that the uh, 
the fan base around the city had had a uh, opportunity to to see them play, compete, and win against other national teams as well. How much has the the fan base changed at Houston in the twenty six years that you've been doing this? Wow, I tell you, is 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 night and day, literally. Um, I remember the t- t- a couple years ago when they beat uh, they beat LSU at Houston. It was probably about, I think they had chicken nose. Their chicken was probably about a sophomore or junior mm-hmm. then. And the pl- high fines was packed out. I hadn't seen it like that ever, and in my in my time. But uh, so it has really changed a lot, and it's it's more so. Like I said, people feel people feel comfortable. Look forward to to University of Houston games now, especially with the new arena and you, every seat is a like it's a floor seat is a great seat and you get to enjoy the great uh the, the experience. Marlon, I got a question for you guys. Like I said, if y'all have something to ask, feel free to jump in. How does a recruiting how do you approach the staff? Hey, I got a player you guys might be interested in, or did they approach you about a player that they have interest in? How does that work? Uh it goes both ways, but for the most part, I think that they get a chance to see certain guys and they hear about certain guys. If they play with a certain program, then they'll reach out to that program and just kind of see. But they they invite all they invite everyone to the to their games, uh, regardless of what team you play for, and they kind of build a relationship and they feel, want you to feel comfortable. So when they do a do reach out to you. You always you already feel like you already kind of know who who the staff is and the coach and if and now it's just about seeing if it's a fit. But if I had somebody that I knew exactly fit them, like a JoJo Tugler, like uh, um, I wouldn't have any problem reaching out to them because it, you have to know uh, what works for Coach uh, Coach Sampson, and he works for, he'll work for him. He fits. Going to shift gears as we wrap it up with Marlon Lowe, right now he's with the Houston Hoops, coached by. Maurice Taylor, well, <clears throat> from Michigan and Rockets and Clippers, uh-huh. you know. Who you got tonight, Marlon? Game seven, Heat, Celtics. Man, it's been tough, man. I'm, I'm, I'm actually going. I had a toss up. I told somebody, man, it, either, either way with this, man. I don't. I, it's hard to call this series, only because Miami might be at home. I can see Miami winning, but at the same time, to play it safe, I wouldn't be surprised if the Celtics pulled it off either. But uh jimmy butler i like you know he's due for a back-to-back game <laughs> all right marlon no thank you very much man and i'm gonna reach out to you probably sometime this week because i want to see if i can uh, talk to Jalen. oh sounds interview, good interview him so i want to give him some recognition more recognition because he's getting plenty so thank I you very much man, and we'll keep in touch all right take it easy guys thank you thank you thank you thank you <laughs> all right that was great i kudos to him I reached out to him last night, <laughs> literally, and I said, hey, Marlon, you got time? Yeah, man, send me the link. Okay. <laughs> so that was it, basically, you know, from Louisville. So much appreciation to that. But let's shift gears right into it. Mr. Yanez was on point last Sunday with his guarantees. So go to you first, sir. Who you got tonight? Game seven, Boston, I've, Miami. I've, I've stuck with them the entire postseason. Boston, Boston in seven. I actually did call. I said this will be a seven-game series. Here we are at game seven, and I think I think Boston will, will pull up the upset in Miami. Uh, I know I just got announced that Tyler Hero will play for the Heat, but I, don't know, I think uh, Tatum and then Brown, certainly, who, who struggles in game six, they'll, they'll have bounce-back games and then push Boston over the top. 
Is that a guarantee? It's a guarantee. Guarantee! Willie Gibson, what say you, sir? Game seven, Boston, Miami. Purely coincidental that I'm wearing green tonight. Purely. That, okay. It, it is appropriate because I'm picking Boston in seven. I guarantee it. Oh. Well, you caught me off guard there, Will. Guarantee! Guarantee! James, Mueller, what do you say? Yeah, I mean, I'm going with both of them. I Coming into the series, I thought it was Boston in six. Um, I'm not going to change it, even though it went to game seven. So I'll, I'll give you another. We'll give you the third guarantee that Celtics pull it out. Guarantee! Wow. I, I, I'm, almost, I'm almost speechless because... I am speechless. We're talking about a road team winning a game seven. And I thought that I thought Boston should have won game six. I I picked them to win in six. But doggone it. Let's make a four in a row. Four for four. Boston in seven. Guarantee. Guarantee. So there we go. And Andy, what was our guarantee? Because we had it right last Sunday, didn't we? I had I had uh, Golden State going up 3 0. You got that one, but didn't didn't all four of us have it, or, or did we pick Dallas? What what was all four of us? No, we we and James picked uh, Dallas. Yeah, means yeah. it. Oh, yeah, it was the Boston, Boston bounce back in game. Entire. Yeah, we got mm-hmm. okay. So we got that one. So okay, so okay, we got the guarantee right last Sunday. Let's see if we get it right this Sunday. So, all right, well, we'll see about that one, boy. Picking the road team to win win game seven. How about that? All right, uh, Mr. Gibson. Yes, sir. You always get a kick out of pointing this out because it's, it's a great fact. How much money oh. does the Ohio State make for every home football game? Uh, take they're about fifteen million. Fifteen million dollars. Yes, sir. I, that wow. is absurd for a That's... home game. Yeah, <laughs> for a <clears throat> home game. Yes. All right. Arkansas State or Penn State. Doesn't matter. I'm going to shift gears from the, the, the big boys. We're going to talk to about the non-big boys. I think James, they, Houston football announced some uh, kickoff times for the first part of the 2022 schedule. The game at UTSA, 2.30 p.m. Will is going to be on CBS Sports Network. I'm sure you're looking forward to making a trip down for that one, that Titanic tilt. That's, that's September 3rd, Saturday, September 3rd. Andy, Saturday, September 10th, a preview of a conference, Big 12 conference matchup for the next two on the schedule. To back, yeah. At Texas Tech, 3 p.m. on FS1. September 17th, as you said, home versus Kansas, 3 p.m. on ESPNU. If I, if I read this right, there has not been a kickoff time yet announced for the game September 24th home against Rice. Is that right, James? Yeah. No kickoff time yet for that one? I don't That's think correct. I've seen anything with that. I mean, I mean, it's not like it's going to be a titanic tilt about let's put this game Houston and Rice on big time TV. But, you know, on Friday, Willie Gibson, Andy Yanez, James Mueller, September 30th, 
home versus Tulane. Will, home versus Tulane, 6 p.m. on ESPN. Friday night, 6 p.m. Got it. Yeah. They're not going to be anybody at that game. <laughs> yeah. 6 p.m., traffic, Houston. I think high school football should be underway. Oh, my goodness. I mean, uh, you know, wow. not, not going to be a lot of Tulane Green Wave fans either, you know, at that game. So that won't be a good look. But anyway, next, another Friday, October 7th at Memphis, 630 ESPN2. Should be more fans there, but 630 starts not, not much better. But, but what are your thoughts on that, James? And, and the last one for uh, kickoff time, uh, announced time, Saturday, October 22nd at Navy, 11 a.m. Network to be announced. Let's break it down. What's it? I got one, two, three, four. That's seven games. Those first seven. How many wins out of those first seven for Houston Cougars football? First, let's go this one at a time. At UTSA. They should win. Agreed. They should. They should win. Will? Uh, wasn't UTSA ranked earlier late in the season last year? They yeah. were, but they fell off at, towards the end. Yeah. Yeah. I have no skin in the game. I'll pick UTSA. <laughs> okay. Uh, I won't be a hater. I'll pick the Cougs. So that's one and oh. We got three one and O's and one oh and one. Next at Texas Tech in Lubbock. Again, I think they should Oof. win. The only game I could see them. Really? Possibly. You think so? They got more experience back. Um and I mean they they're returning a, they shouldn't beat them last year. Um holding yeah. the ball the entire first quarter, going up fourteen nothing and then not scoring in the entire second half. I mean Okay, so I think you, that'll be I think that'll be tough. Oh, sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. No, no, James, you're gonna pick up go two and zero. Oh. Mm-hmm. Andy, I think I think that's tough because playing at Texas Tech, three p.m. Especially what happened last season, but I don't know that for me that's fifty fifty. I'm gonna lean to them towards them losing that one at Texas Tech in Lubbock. I think it, it'll be a tough one for sure. Um, and I'm, I'm picking Tech. Yeah, I'm going to pick them to lose that. Will? What's the date of that game? September 10th. September 10th, Saturday the 10th. Second game of the season. Um, Sonny Cumbie is gone. He's at La Tech now. So I'm taking, uh, I'll take Houston to win that one. All right. Next, September 17th, home against Kansas. <laughs> 3 p.m. <clears throat> that that better be a Houston win. If they lose that game, that'll that'll be all alarms ringing again. After um, you know, ignore last season. You can't lose to Kansas at TDCU. Um, I, I imagine by then they'll have some. So they'll know whether they're going to the Big Twelve um, by twenty twenty three or not by then. So if they are, that that's they can't lose that game. Agree. We all agree on that one. Yeah. So yeah. James got a three and zero. The rest of us have them two and one. September 24th, Rice. Another one you should pencil in. <laughs> okay, so 3-1 and one or 4-0. and oh. September 30th, Friday, home versus Tulane. That should be a win for Houston. Yeah. 4-1 yeah. Four, four and one or 5-0. and oh. 
okay, at Memphis. This is where I think they might stumble. Memphis, Houston, we've talked about both in football and basketball. They typically have, you know, pretty entertaining contests. It's on the road. Uh, Friday, um, I wouldn't be surprised if they lose this one. Will? Ah, it's a new coaching staff in Memphis, too. A couple of Buckeyes, but I'll pick Houston. So Andy? I got Houston. Wow, okay. I'm, I got a roll game as a loss. Okay, so that's – we got five and one, then me at four and two, and then that, the last of the seven at a bye week in between. So October 22nd at Navy. Should win. Agreed. So first seven games, we're looking at five and two or six and one. Right? Yep. I mean, yeah. Okay. So let's just go. We don't have times for the rest of them, the remaining games, but let's just go on down the list to see as of our predictions as of May 29th. Home versus USF. Win. Andy? Yeah, agreed. That that should be a win. Will? Yep. All right. At SMU, Saturday the 5th. Too much change at SMU. Houston wins. Um, they, got a lot, they got a lot of, well, on paper, they got a lot of talent coming in a transfer portal, but, you know. Yeah, Andy? at SMU, I think I think this will be a tough game, especially what, what they were able to do to them last year, this past season, which it was a crazy game. I, I think I give SMU the edge in, in this contest. Will? Um, I'll pick Houston. All right. I'll pick SMU. My loss, pretty much you can tell, can be road losses for the Cougs. Um, home against Temple. W. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. At East Carolina. Another win. Yeah. This shows you how weak this is. This is this is just a really sad schedule, <laughs> uh, conference wise. And then last conference game before the AAC championship game. Home against Tulsa. Thanksgiving, mm-hmm. Friday, Saturday. Oh my goodness! I, I'm just thinking about how the stadium will be for for that game. Um, but I, I agree. Hope it's I think... Saturday, but yeah, if it's a Friday, it's going to be really bad. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no one's going to be there on Friday. <laughs> so yeah, I do. <laughs> do Houston should win regardless. Will I'm picking Tulsa. Hmm. Well, that's that should be what is that? That should be Senior Day, Will, for the Cougs. Yeah, it should be. Yeah, <laughs> doesn't make a difference to you, huh? Nope. Okay. Oh. So, I saw Tulsa last year coming to shoot, and they're, 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 nah, I'm picking Tulsa. So we got 12 games. Is that 12 right there? Yep. So, James, what you got? What, 10 and 2? 11 and 11, 1. 11, 11 and 1. Andy, what, what are you? Uh, I, I had him at 10 and, uh, yeah, 10 and 2. I think I got him at 9 and 3. Yeah. And Will, I think you're 9 and 3 now with that loss to yep. Tulsa. Well, and then that should be good enough. Uh, guys, the divisions still apply for the championship game, right? You still got to – so it still be divisions for this season? In the yeah. American, there is not. It's not, uh, the two best teams. Two best teams. Yeah, okay, so awesome. so the Cougs I mean, should be in the, in the championship game? I'd expect them. Yeah, agreed. They, they should be up there. 
Well, that means Dana will go into the Big 12 with uh, possibly another nine or ten wins under his belt, maybe 11. What does that, what does that say? It's a weak conference. Okay. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. James, what does what does that say to you? You agree with Will or, or what? Yeah, it doesn't tell me much. I mean, winning 10, 11 games in the American, that's not going to translate into the Big Twelve without improvement in other in you know other areas. You're not gonna you can't go there and expect to be a ten win team in the American. That's probably equivalent to the bottom tier of the Big Twelve. Let's just be honest. Andy, what do you say? Uh, I mean, William and James have hit hit points. Um, and when you look at the non-conference schedule, obviously I think that Texas Tech game in Lubbock is the toughest uh, matchup of them all. And at the end of the day, Rice, Kansas, UTSA, it doesn't tell you much. Um, I mean, to be quite honest, it's it's much so a gap year. And, and I mean, let's take us to the Big 12. Uh, there's nothing more you can say. All right, uh, June 1st. Is Wednesday. That's the deadline day for young men who have put their name in the NBA draft to withdraw from the draft and maintain college eligibility. Andy, coming to you first. What do you think Marcus Sasser is going to do? The longer it goes, uh, you know, I've been I've been anticipating him to drop. I'm surprised that it, it's dragged out this long. But the the longer he waits, um, uh, to be honest, man, I think he really is a fifty fifty because I don't see what what the wait is if he's not gonna keep his name in the NBA. I, fr- I figured if he was real leaning that way, he would have already announced it. Um, we saw Kenny Lofton uh, do his what? It was a week ago or so, roughly. Um, yes. Mm-hmm. He announced he was going to stay and then keep his name in the NBA draft. I think the longer it goes, I feel like it, it's – you know what? I, I think he'll stay. I think he'll stay in the draft or stay at Houston? And, and stay at Houston. Will? Um, I think he goes. Without the first-round guarantee because the word was if he had a first-round guarantee, he would stay – I think he stays regardless. James? Yeah, I'm in complete agreement with Will. He's not going to, I mean, unless somebody's just trying to, you know, convince him to stay in. I don't think realistically he'll get a first round guarantee, but I think he's, UH has got to be prepared to play next year without him because I I don't see him coming back. And Andy's logic is sound. What's taking so long? Why is, is he waiting? This, you know, it's May 29th right now, today. Why has he made a decision? Go ahead, Andy, you go ahead and finish your thought. I don't mean to interrupt. I was going to say, maybe maybe he's really trying to keep stay true to his word and he's just waiting until the 11th hour to see if he gets, like, that first-round guarantee or, I don't know, some type of commitment from an NBA team. But, like, you you were, um, you know, kind of tying it back together. I, I don't know. I feel if he was, you know, set on he's going to keep his name in the NBA draft, um, I'm not sure what more could he have done over this past week that, that would improve his draft stock or, or get him to do that. That I, I truly think, um, and I can't remember the time frame. It was probably a week ago when he told Jonathan Fagan of, of the Chronicle that he was 
Man, I wouldn't be surprised if he waits until Tuesday or, I mean, heck, goes right to the deadline and makes his decision. But the longer it stays, I think he, I think he stays. Now, it's proven accurate thus far, but I was told three weeks ago, roughly, that he would probably wait up until the last possible moment to make a decision. So June 1st, if it's 10.59 p.m. Central, 11.59 Eastern, he might wait that long to make a decision. So I believe he's going to stay in the draft. I don't think he should, but I think he will. But I'm going to toss it out there, and I think everybody agrees it's tough to tell Marcus, a young man, a young person, not to follow their dreams. And he has a dream to pursue his dream. He has a dream of being a pro basketball player playing in the NBA. But playing devil's advocate, and I, I don't know if you had a chance to see it, but Will James, another preseason, obviously it's, it's May, so take it for what it's worth. But another preseason, well, well, um, way too early, top 25, has Houston in the top five with Marcus. John Rothstein, who I'm not a huge fan of for a lot of other issues, he has a cool drink third with Marcus Sasser. And their incoming guys of Jarris Walker, Terrence Arsenault, and other talent. Third, Jeff Goodman, at one point, had them number one in his way too early. So part of me wants to follow Andy's logic. Marcus comes back. You got a chance to be a top five program, a top five team next year. Have a chance to get to the final four. Then go pro. So Andy's logic is, like I said, it's sound. But if Marcus wants to go pro, <laughs> you know, he's going to go pro. He's not going to get a first-round guarantee. I don't, unless he's had some awesome workouts these last few days that we haven't heard about. But, man, chance to play for number one team in the country? Added to the fact you got a chance to possibly play in a Final Four in your home, you know, well, the school's home city. But you still want to go pro? All right, let me, let me, let me throw something out there. Not the, I don't wish this on the young man at all. Sure. But let's say uh, December 1, he tears an Achilles. Coming back to Houston, playing with hopes of getting to the Final Four in his city, for the culture, for the city. And he tells the killings. Then what? There is that. That is a great question. I hope it. I don't wish that on him. Don't give me oh, wrong. No, of course. I mean, because he missed the rest of the season after he broke a bone in his foot this past year in December. Exactly. So that could be another a part of the thought process and his equation of why to keep his name in the draft. He already missed. He already had an injury in college. So, Andy, what, how do you respond to that? 
No, it's certainly a valid point, especially, um, you know, every time you step on the court at the end of the day, like you mentioned, um, the goal of a lot of these players is never just to, I mean, the NCAA at that level is really, really good. But for a lot of these players that are really um, at a high level, their goal is to go professional, whether it be in the NBA, obviously that's the ultimate goal, or at the end of the day, make money uh, playing the sport of basketball. And Marcus Sasser is at the point where, um, at the very least, I think he'll be able to make money at, at the G League level first, and then, then he can work his way up. Um, or, I mean, some people after the draft combine, some analysts said that he could be a second-round pick and then be a contributor off the bench for teams. I, I'm yeah. not sure entirely, um, you know, if that's accurate, you know, across, um, you know, if scouts and from NBA teams I would agree with that. At the end of the day, if it, it is a valid decision, but I, I guess to, to counter that argument is, you know, do you feel that the risk is worth it? And by that mean, do you feel that, you know, like we mentioned it, and I believe it was a previous episode, he's going to be on national TV a lot more if he chooses to come back to Houston. Um, he already has an NIL deal with, with Star Pizza. Um, I believe that's the name of the business. Um, mm-hmm. Maybe he gets a couple of other NIL deals um, locally. Um, obviously, it, it wouldn't be a level of, of getting an NBA contract, but it'd be something. And at the end of the day, he's getting more exposure. Uh, like you mentioned, Chris, he has opportunity to be the best player on uh, what could potentially be the best team in the country and certainly would be um, the expectations would be sky high for this program. Now there's also not just the injury risk, but there's a chance of with the expectations being so high at the end of what, what if there's like a letdown? Obviously, of course, every team's different. The expectations will be sky high. And especially once March Madness rolls around, all it takes is one bad game. Um, it could be in Sweet 16. It could be heck before that. And then all of a sudden that buzz it goes away. Um, but I think, and that's tough because obviously we're, we're not in his shoes and we don't know all the different factors um, that he's, you know, processing, but I, at the end of the day, I feel like the risk is worth it because of what the potential is here to be able to do in Houston. Obviously, we mentioned it. That's something not even the first time a JAMA team were able to do, and that's uh, win a national championship. And like you mentioned, in the city of Houston where the Final Four will be, I mean, can't really top that. Um, except your dreams because um, getting an NBA contract, that that's the one thing that will top that. There's a comment right there. Next year's draft class is projected to be deeper, so you might feel you might be a second-round pick anyway, even if he plays well next season. And that's another point. There's a, there's a point there. But at some point, he can't be afraid. Exactly. Okay? He can't play scared, can't play. He's got to make a decision and stick with it. If it's staying in the NBA, stick with it. If that means he doesn't get drafted, He's bouncing around the G League. Stick with it. That's your choice. And, go ahead, Will. Well, we mentioned G League and G League, and, that, and that's one option. But many players go to Europe and play for four hundred half a million dollars. Half a million dollars. He said well, he, he, do said that, he does not. Yeah, he doesn't want to do that. I do that. Okay, fair enough. And to be quite frank, he said he didn't want to do the G League route either. He said he yep. was first round pick, or he's coming back. And if he's sticking true to that, that's why, you know, at the end of the day, maybe maybe he's going to stick true to his word, and that's why he's taking until the last possible hour to see if he can get that first-round commitment. So who knows? Well, or he could be waiting until he gets a better NIL deal from Tillman. 
or somebody with, with, with <laughs> that, money. That could be it, too. You know, we're going to wrap <clears> it up right there. So, Will Gibson, how can folks find you, sir, on social media and contact it. you? Yes, sir. Thank you. You can find me on um, social media at Will Gibson 7, uh, Twitter and Instagram and Facebook, Will Knows. Andy, how can folks find you? For sure. They can follow me on Twitter at Aon is underscore five. Uh, Chris, if you allow me, obviously, of course, to also plug in our uh, Pod Slam Ajama podcast as you see it scrolling down in the ticker. Um, for those University of Houston fans, I mean, basketball fans in general who um, have not been able to tune in yet, we had a very big guest this past um, for our most recent episode. We had uh, Cordell Jefferson, who we talked about uh, Jojo Tugler on the show with, it, with his head coach. Uh, KJ, he was the first commit for the University of Houston class of 2023, and we had a lengthy conversation. Uh, High tech world. And Andy Fro, see how, James, how can folks find you on, on the internet? Uh, yeah, you can find me on Twitter at JDM2186, and all my work for, is on the dailycougar.com. And I am Chris Gardner of the Houston Round Bar. If you thank you for the comments, Rocket fans, in the section. Uh, you see my Twitter there is ZHR Review. We'll have another uh, Let's Talk Houston Rockets probably this Saturday at 8 p.m. Central. Try to bring in and on. There we go. I don't know why there was two of me. I need to kick out this one. <laughs> um, but anyways, uh, as it was cutting off, um, like I was mentioning, I, I hope I'm not barging in and, and trying to get back the, the plug. But like you said, we had um, Cordelius Jefferson on our show and um, going back to, to the guest that we had um, earlier today, and he was mentioning like how we he li- literally listed off all the different bullet points when it comes to describing a UH player when he was talking about uh, Jojo Tugler. And uh, honestly, quite it was pretty similar when we were talking with uh, KJ. And he, the first thing he said, he's talking about culture already. He was talking about he can't wait to come down to Houston and, and be that uh, blue-collar player. So, I mean, at the end of the day, it's a perfect fit. It's just exactly what Lowe said. So it was a real good conversation, I feel, for Houston fans. It's worth checking out. Yeah, good job by you and Dayon Dunlap with that interview. And Cordell... And JoJo are two of the top 10 players in the state mm-hmm. who have committed to Houston for the class of 23. So that's a good sign going forward for the program as they enter the Big 12. Hopefully an announcement will be forthcoming because the Conference USA schools want to announce their membership and joining the AAC this week, June 1st. Oh, wow. um, so everything should be. This, this will be a big week. It should all be tied together. So an announcement should be, hopefully, that an agreement money-wise with Houston, Cincinnati, UCF, and the American buyout, whatever you want to call it, that reached something so they can go to the Big 12 officially for 23, start on July 1st, 2023, and then the Conference USA 6 can announce they're joining the American this week as well. So all tied together. And if so, we can talk about that on our next show here on Folks Talking Sports. It's a big week because by, by next show, we'll know what Marcus Sasser does. Indeed. And all of us, if, if you missed it, all four of us, frightening, but all four of us picked Boston <laughs> to win game seven in Miami tonight. So watch the game. Thank you to Marlon Lowe, who's part of the Houston Hoops program, for, for joining us from Louisville to talk a little bit about the grassroots program. And Joseph Jojo Tugler, who is a verbal to Houston, talented, athletic, cougar player already. So thank you for that. Marlon Lowe, you can catch the show, obviously, rebroadcast on Twitter at Folks Talk Sports. 
Houston Ron Barview's YouTube channel and audio podcast on all the like uh, iTunes, Spotify, et cetera, those podcast platforms as well. So audio, video, we got you covered. Andy, do do our our um, do your sponsor push one more time, man. Yeah, like uh, we said, folks talking sports. Um, we're getting into the prime of the off season, Rockets talk, playoffs talk, finals talk, commitments, football. We're looking for sponsors. So if anyone is interested, <clears throat> Hoops and Holler, <clears throat> Star, uh, Starship Houston, uh, the pizza place. I'm sorry if I butchered it, but and a whole bunch of other different businesses that I can list off. Heck, if we could get a Sawgrass Steakhouse, uh, anyone, whoever could be watching from all over the world, you own a business um, and you enjoy what we do. Obviously, of course, come talk to us because we are also business folk. We have, we have big plans. We're just looking for people to help us make those plans come to fruition. For Andy and at the end of the day, it, it's it'll keep growing. We, if we can keep growing um, soon, you know, we'd be able to provide more in-depth coverage. Um, and we got big, big plans, so hopefully we can we can get people to buy in as well. Andy Yanez, James Mueller, Willie Gibson, thank you as always for your insight and time to take out your day to join me for this Folks Talking Sports show. See you next week. You guys take care. Rock on.